They need okay. coffee. <laughs> they want to figure out an accurate way to balance their home life and their career. Yeah, yeah. actually, that's it. They want to have a career, though. Oh. Even though they want to be moms. Was that a career mom in the photo? Yeah, she's doing the coffee. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, let's take a look at the third picture. Uh, moms want to be out in the great outdoors. They want an escape. Um, right. They <laughs> want an escape. They want time to themselves. And guess what the minimum amount of time they think they need to get away from it all? I think, like, a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> so they said at least nine days. At least nine days. Yeah. Remember in the video, they're stressed out at home, they're stressed out at work. I was mm. stressed out watching that video. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I'm stressed out right now. <laughs> so pretty good job, you guys. Thank you. So that's what moms are feeling. And uh, wish all the moms out there happy Mother's Day. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? Last month, Taiwan's Professional Baseball League launched its 2020 season. In any other year, this wouldn't have attracted much notice beyond Taiwan's borders. But this is 2020, and with the rest of the world reeling from COVID-19, the fact that the season was still happening at all was itself big news. At the time, Taiwan's pro league was the only one in the world still playing. The strict conditions it had to play under attracted still further international interest. And just as this global attention started coming in, it was announced that this season would be the first in decades to feature English language commentary, providing a baseball-starved world with something it couldn't get anywhere else. When the Eleven Sports Network hit on the idea of English commentary, one of the people it approached was veteran baseball correspondent Richard Wong, who covers U.S. Major League Baseball for audiences here. Together with Canadian Wayne McNeil, they've been covering the home games of two teams, games the network has the rights to. And they've inspired imitators, with all teams announcing plans to roll out English coverage. So why exactly is it that this season has been able to go ahead? And what's it like in the booth during this highly unusual time? Mr. Wong joins us today to explain. So first, could you tell us about the decision to go ahead with the baseball season here in Taiwan? Well, the pandemic situation here in Taiwan wasn't as serious as in other places. And I think the league does believe that the sport has a special place in people's mind. And they want to open the season to provide a sense of normalcy for the people here. The league has to submit a uh, very thorough pandemic prevention plan in order for the government to give the green light for them to open the season itself. Right. And then it was approved and uh, it's been uh, enforced very strictly. In that plan, there's one clause that says that with only one single confirmed case, it's the player, the coach, or the media members or staff, any, anybody. But with one case, the season will be shut down. Just totally. Wow. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Wow. Oh, they they say you'll be suspended and then, you know, with the evaluation. But the thing we can see is with one case, we're not going to be able to see baseball for a while. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And so what's in this plan? What sorts of steps are in place to keep the players and, of course, you guys safe? As soon as we enter the parking lot, our temperature was taken. And before we get into the building of the stadium, we have to uh, sign a health declaration form to make sure that, you know, we didn't go anywhere, we didn't get catch a fever in the past 14 days. And also, after we give that form in there, another temperature was taken. And sometimes we'll be taken the third time uh, with a thermal camera. I think it's like a double or even triple guarantee. Oh, in case one was faulty, for instance. 
Yeah, and everything you know, in the stadium has been uh, sanitized. And I actually uh, carry my own alcohol spray. I just spray on everything that I'll be using. I'll be touching during the game. And of course, before we get into the booth, uh, it has been sanitized already by the staff. By doing that, we can protect the season to be open and to provide baseball to the public. Now, yeah. it's been several decades, I think, probably the 1980s since the last Taiwanese baseball game that had English commentary. What, what was the behind the decision to start again well, now? Well, I, I, I remember the only time that we had it, it was with the Taiwan Major League. The league is no longer here, but the English commentary was made in a studio in Singapore. Yeah, it has been at least two decades, or maybe close to three decades ago. And, uh, well, I have to mention that uh, Simone Khan, the manager director of the 11th Sports Taiwan, she is the driving force behind all this. Because as soon as we learned that we're going to be the first and the only baseball league to start the season, she had the idea to push our baseball to the world. It is a great time for Taiwan baseball to be presented in front of the worldwide audience since there's nothing out there. And we will definitely get some attention from the audience or the fans, whoever loves baseball, whoever is longing for baseball, especially after a very long off-season. You know. So it is her decision to move forward with the English broadcast. So mm-hmm. she came to me and uh, she told me if I can find somebody to work with me. And I, I just jumped and said, okay, sure, this is something really meaningful. Right. to do. After the first game, I just realized that this is actually a great opportunity for us to present Taiwan as a whole to the world, not just baseball. We can tell the world about how, how great a pandemic prevention work we have done, and that is why we have baseball here. That is, that is why we are showing the baseball to the world. And there are a lot of things about Taiwan we can introduce to the worldwide audience during the broadcast. We talk about the culture, we talk about the food, Everything that is related to Taiwan, we can bring it through the platform of the baseball broadcasting. So I think this is a great opportunity for us to do a service to our country, and I'm really proud of it. I hadn't thought of it that way, actually. You're right, though. If, if, if people are paying attention just to us, I mean, it's, we have our moment in the spotlight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, how were you approached exactly? Were you involved with the 11 Sports Network before? I know you're a veteran of commentary for baseball. but Oh, yeah. Well, I wasn't really involved with them. Uh, but uh, Simone Khan, well, we knew each other for long. And then I believe that she trusted me or she thinks that I'm accountable. Um, I think she was so sure that I would be really devoted to try to carry out English broadcast for the world. And how have you found it? I mean, how was your first game, for instance? I know that a lot of the excitement of sporting events comes from the reactions and the cheers of the fans. Like, you can feed off of that as an announcer. Was it difficult for you to adjust to a mostly empty well, stadium? We do feel the difference right there because a lot of times the camera will go to the stand to take the uh, impression of the fans, you know. But yeah, it was a very different feeling, you know, by having nobody on the stand. But I think the club is trying to do everything they can. Right. They're trying to replicate the, uh, the atmosphere there as much as possible. The music is always on, and then we have the cheer girls. I really have to tip my hat to those girls because usually they are dancing for those fans, you know, and trying to lead the fans and for the fans to bring up their feet and then dance and sing and everything. But Right now, they are actually working in front of an empty stadium. <laughs> yeah, there are some, you know, cardboard cutouts. And there are some, you know, robot drummers. They are all fake people right there, but dancing just like what they did before. From the first inning until the end of it, they are just doing this in front of, you know, nobody. And I think that they are really doing a good job. And we've been telling our audience worldwide that fan interaction is a big part of Taiwanese baseball. And we really hope that one day... Actually, I think it's coming soon because we will have somebody in the stadium this coming Friday. 
right. 1,000 the maximum. But we are going to have somebody here in the stadium. So I think it will be a good time for us to show the world how crazy these fans will be. They're going to shout their long out because <laughs> everybody's been waiting for a long time to come back to the stadium. And they were watching in front of TV and they were like, we were just really wondering when they can open the gate. I know, and you'd be surprised how loud Taiwanese baseball fans can be. <laughs> oh, yeah, it could be very loud. But one of the things we have to also take into consideration is that they will not be sitting together because of the pandemic prevention rules. It'll be very interesting to see how loud these people can be when they actually not far from each other. But I believe they will take the lead from the, uh, the two girls, and I believe they will be doing a fantastic job to show the world who our fans are really made of. Not all of our listeners, though, we have done a video about it. Not all of them, though, may have seen the video about, uh, you just mentioned the cardboard cutouts and the robot cheerleaders. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about those? It's a very creative idea from, actually, from the Luck 10 Monkeys baseball organization. Once they knew that they were not going to allow anybody in, they opened the opportunity for the fans to purchase cardboard cutouts. And by sending their photos, the team will put the photos on the cutouts and then print them out as if you know, the fan is sitting there, and the fans can designate the seat wherever they want to sit because it's an empty stadium. <laughs> you get the so, pick of this house. So one of the interesting stories is that the wife of one of the players, I think it's Ryan Carpenter, his wife actually secretly purchased cardboard cutouts and put four of her photos, like the same photos right there, oh. on the stand. And so one day the Carpenter was practicing in the stadium, and he just suddenly saw his wife's picture on the stand, and they was very sweet and touching, and what a surprise for Carpenter. So that's one of the three stories about that. And also, for the Fubang Guardians, also there is no cardboard cutouts. They allow the fans to make their own posters and send in and to put on the seat. So in this way, either the cardboard cutouts or the posters, the fans can feel like they are still connected to the game and they can do the things that they usually do when they are in stadium supporting the players. It's been very popular as well. So what about those robotic drummers that Richard also just mentioned? Well, we'll be hearing about those and other adaptations to this time of COVID-19 when we continue our conversation with Richard next week. We'll also be hearing about the reaction of baseball fans from around the world and how you too can tune in to watch the games for free. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. It's funny how in big cities you'll always find birds. Real birds. I mean, you'd think they'd prefer to live in the countryside or by the beach or maybe in a nice forest. I mean, it's not like they have to live in the city because that's where the jobs are or because they prefer nightlife in the city. But aside from those real birds, there is another kind of bird you'll find in the big city that you won't find anywhere else. And that is the fake bird. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Year to the Ground, I bring you birds with man-made tweets. An ear to the ground.
Now, if you use Twitter at all, you'll know that that's the sound of a tweet. When you consider that there are more than 400 million tweets a day on the microblogging site, that's a whole lot of bird chirps. And that's not the only man-made chirping sound that you can hear in our modern cities. I've introduced the sound of Taipei's chirping crosswalks before in this program, and almost any computer or cell phone can be configured to make sounds like that too. Now, on a recent Sunday at Taipei's weekend flower market, I heard some chirping sounds that were decidedly different. I could instantly tell that they were not real birds, but they were too irregular to be made by some sort of electronic component. I discovered a man who was peddling these little porcelain birds with long tails. He was blowing into the tail end, sort of like you blow on a small whistle. But it's different from a whistle because it contains water. It's the water that turns an ordinary whistle sound into a chirping bird effect. Now, of course, being fascinated by interesting sounds, I had to buy one, and it was pretty cheap at just 50 Taiwan dollars. That's about a buck 50 US. The sound actually reminded me of another chirping sound from my early years here in Taiwan, about 15 years ago. I used to have a doorbell that sounded like a bird. Now, my current doorbell is not particularly exciting. It's the iconic sound you expect to hear when you ring a doorbell. Now, several days later, I was still thinking about that original bird doorbell sound that I had when I first came to Taiwan. And it reminded me of my life as a student of Chinese. And strangely enough, I thought about the old dirty carpet in my living room and how we'd sit on folding chairs, drinking beer and watching TV. It's funny how sounds can make you nostalgic. I was still thinking about this sound when I dropped by my friend Olivia's place for lunch earlier this week. And I was delighted to discover that she has the same tweeting doorbell. But it turns out she doesn't have a soft spot in her heart for the doorbell like I do. It's alarming. It makes me jump out of my skin every time I hear it. <laughs> do you ever have anybody that's just ringing on your doorbell and you like, can't get rid of them? Every time a garbage lady comes to collect her money. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't answer the doorbell? Is that what the problem is? Or when the bill collectors come? No, if we don't have any money, we can't pay it for a reason. <laughs> Olivia, that's terrible. <laughs> you should be so ashamed of yourself. Have you ever thought of changing your doorbell? I don't, wouldn't even know where to start with that. I don't know why we can't just have a normal, like, ding-dong. I mean, in, in premise, it kind of works. I mean, it sounds like it would be kind of a nice, like, you know, chirpy sound, sort of cheerful. I don't get anything cheerful from it. <laughs> you want to find the bird and kill it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but I guess that's just it. You can't feel nostalgic until time has passed. Maybe years later, something will remind Olivia of her tweeting doorbell, and she'll associate it with all the good times that she had in that apartment in Taipei. All right, I'm going to go back to my little porcelain bird now for some more quality time in the Taipei woods. With an ear to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan.
Alan, pull yourself together already. It's time to feast. Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, hello, hello. This is Ellen Chu. And this is Andrew Ryan. How are you doing today, Ellen Chu? I'm doing fine, especially we are here at Feeds Meast West. <laughs> okay? Wait, say the name of our show again, Ellen Chu? Feast Meets West. Okay? How many how many years have we been hosting this show? <laughs> well, it's May 9th, you know, it's a special day. Actually, you know what? It is a special day. <laughs> May. We started our first Feast Meets West in the beginning of May. That's right. Which means last week was our 11th anniversary. So I couldn't believe it. I was looking at 2020, May 9th. We started on the first Saturday in May in 2009 for Feast Meets West. So 11 years. But technically, we've been hosting together for since 2001. Wow. Which means next August. 19 years? This August will be 19. Next August will be 20. Oh, we got to do something big. What do you think we should do? I think the whole RTI must come down. I think so. They need to come here and sing happy birthday to us. We should do one of those like clowns in a clown car thing. See how many people we can pack in the studio. Right. And then, you know, everybody... (laughs) including the CEO. Yeah. Everyone. I think that needs, needs to happen. come down. I think that and needs to come And sing happy birthday to both of down. us. It's a big 2-0. Yes. It's not going to be about Andrew making food for everyone. It's about no. everybody singing to us. Has any of like, you know, duet, you know, co-host in this station been together for 20 years? I don't think so. I don't think so. So you guys better come down and celebrate with us. And you guys better say something to us. Nice. I'm going to save this little clip of our show for posterity. Okay. (laughs) Tell them to come down and sing that song. Okay. Next year. I want letters from listeners too. And I want, you know, red carpets rolled here. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Star treatment. Francis. I want hair and makeup. Francis, okay? Hair and makeup. (laughs) Even though people can't see us, okay? I don't care. I don't care. We're just going to be a spoiled brat that day, all right? That's right. And we're going to be drinking and eating as much as we want on that day. I'm going to be drinking a lot of alcohol, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hopefully we don't get fired before that. It's my party and I'll cry if I want to. I believe it's our theme song. (laughs) I hope we don't get fired before that. I hope we don't. I hope we don't. Let's see. How many months do we have left to make sure this happens? (laughs) Well, it's at least a year plus between now and August is June, July, August. So you all out there, you know, you make sure they don't fire us. Okay. 16 months to go. Okay. Hold it together, people. (laughs) You guys just write to the station and tell them to keep us here. Okay? Keep us here. Keep us right here until we celebrate our 20th. <laughs> Maybe our CEO can sing the song and then say, you guys are fired. <laughs> wait, wait. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I will be okay. That would be hilarious. As long as we make it to 20th. Right. As Whatever well, happens after that. First, but, you know, he has to first sing happy birthday, congratulations. And, you know, we really appreciate you, but you guys are fired. Yes. That's fine. The CEO is a woman. I thought I'd put that in there. <laughs> All right. That's fine. It's a she. It's yeah. a she. It's a she. I don't care. <laughs> but you sing a song, okay? <laughs> yeah, and the other thing you said that I take a, a, a like I have a little problem with. You said we're going to sit here right here until our 20th anniversary. I don't know if I want to stay in the studio <laughs> that long with you. No. 
No, I don't want to stay in place with you. You don't want to stay. Maybe in the at your place. place. I could do okay. it at your house. All right. Not in the studio. That's true. 16 months. 16 months. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. I'm glad we worked this all out. Uh-huh. So what are we talking about today? Milk Tea Alliance. <laughs> you know, we were, last week we kind of like did a little announcement saying that, you know, milk tea is still, you know, going around viral. People are talking and talking about it. I think you have to be careful when you say viral what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> People don't like the word viral. In the time of coronavirus. Okay. Um, sensitive. Sensitive. All I'm right. very sensitive. You're very sensitive. So... Have you seen all the places that milk tea has showed up? It's shown up on a showed up, shown up. It's, it's, it has appeared. You see, you caught what I got. I caught what you've got. (laughs) It's gone viral, baby. Right. It has appeared on a new Taiwan passport design. Are you serious? Yes. Look at page one of your uh, information, which I created for you. Is it official? No, of course not. Uh, I wouldn't mind if we have that. That'd be kind of fun, right? It's cute. Yeah, Kingdom of Bubble Tea. Right. I think, you know, they should do like a collectible. A collectible passport cover. Right. You know, they should be able to uh, ask everyone to try to renew it this year. Mm -hmm. I think that's (laughs) good. And you get a bubble bee. Bubble tea, not bubble bee. Bubble bee. (laughs) Bubble tea, right. The other one I thought was interesting is the uh, transportation minister posted on Instagram a picture of Um, a rebranded China Airlines that looks like bubble tea on the side. It's going to be called Taiwan Airlines. Well, I don't think that's official. I think there's discussions about it. Okay. But have, have you seen? Look at that. They've got a little, it's like a milk tea colored jet with like little boba. The little pearls, the little black bubbles. I think that's a little bit too much. A little bit too <laughs> much. A little OTT over the top. Yes, yeah. yes. A little bit too much. You know, it, it, it looks like holes. Uh, not a good look for your airplane. <laughs> not a good look. Look at the one, the second one down at the bottom there. The okay. bubble tea jet actually shows bubble tea like balls bursting from the engines. Oh, like it's shooting bubble teas at people. That is really too much. You know, that would be kind of like a... Uh, dangerous thing to do. I think so. Because, you know, you fly over some, you know, border of some country and yeah. then they're like, you know, detecting some bubbles shooting out. Yeah. They're going to shoot you down. I think they're going to shoot you down. You better not do that. Better not do that. No. Yeah. So note to self. Don't no, no, no. let your jets shoot bubbles. Right. Okay. Glad we solved that. All right. So now the latest thing and the reason why we're talking about bubble tea again in our show is there's a new alliance that's formed between the netizens of Taiwan, Thailand, and Hong Kong. Uh-huh. And we're going to tell you all about it. All right. Are you ready for the menu? Let's do it. Here's what's on our show today. In our first course, we'll tell you all about the incident that started the Milk Tea Alliance and the related memes on the internet. <laughs> also known <Yeah>. as memes. Memes. <laughs> In our second course, if the Milk Tea of Taiwan, Thailand, and Hong Kong were anime characters, what would they look like? Somebody has actually drawn them. So we'll tell you all about it and introduce the different types of teas. Okay, in the third and final course, we'll be sampling some Taiwanese milk tea right here in our studio. But Are you sure? Just milk, not tea, right? Yeah, spoiler alert. There's actually no tea in these drinks. <laughs> I managed, <laughs> he made a boo-boo. I managed to buy three milk drinks at a tea shop. Without tea. Yes. Okay. But this is what's the, all the rage. It's all these milk drinks. All right. We don't even need the tea. No. <laughs> Okay, just bubba. 
Just boba. Boba. Well, actually, they don't have boba either, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you missed out all the goodies. Why don't you just go buy, like, you know, a carton of milk for me? Yeah, I might as well just go back and start right? from the beginning. Exactly. Just get me a carton of milk. It's like a it's like a Feast Meets West fail. I know. <laughs> you missed out all the juicy parts. All the juicy the parts. The boba and the tea. Yeah. It's essentially just a milk flavor. So drink. today, the Milk Tea Alliance <laughs> is just Milk Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very sad when you put I it know, that way. It's okay. We're positive about it, okay? Yes. All right. Let's go into a song to bring things up again. Jeju Cha, the Bubba Milk Tea. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel any better. Yes. All right? Hmm. But this is by Ping Guan. Why, why does it make you feel better, Alan Chu? It doesn't. No? No. Because when you drink bubble milk tea, you get a little tummy ache? No, because Jeju Nai Cha, the song is called Jeju Nai Cha. Yes. And, and you miss out the Cha. <laughs> and okay? the Jeju. <laughs> and the Jeju. We only have the Nai, which is the least favorite part for me. Oh, <laughs> goodness. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. We'll have a listen. We'll be back. We'll try to bring things up after this. Okay. Hey, The Milk Tea Alliance. Yes, the it's, Milk Tea Alliance. It's a bit of a complicated story, mm-hmm. um, but we're going to do our best to walk you why, the reason why, the incident why netizens from Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Thailand have banded together in the internet to form what is called the Milk Tea Alliance. Wow. Never thought they had alliances. I know. It's kind of fun to, to read about. Mm-hmm. So basically, it starts off with these two Thai stars. I have a look there. I have some pictures for Ellen Chu. You can describe what they look like. Wow. They're kind of cute. Um, they Japanese. Yeah. No, they're Thai. So um, one. The actor is called Bright. He mm-hmm. looks bright. Very sunshine. And his girlfriend, who goes by Nevi. That's right. N-N-E-V-V-Y. Right. So basically, they posted some things on the internet that made some Chinese netizens mad, like mm-hmm. asking about the coronavirus or suggesting that Hong Kong was a country. In one Instagram post, someone complimented Nevi by saying she was so pretty like a Chinese girl. And she said, no, a Taiwanese girl, because she happened to be in Taiwan when she took the picture, I think. Oh. And of course, people got very angry. Mm-hmm. And so then um, the Thai netizens defended them. And then people in Hong Kong and Taiwan also offered support. Mm. And then someone came up with the idea called Milk Tea Alliance. Mm. So it's basically because the people in Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Thailand all like to drink milk tea. 
Wow. It's something that the three countries all have in common. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had Thai or Hong Kong milk tea? Yes, but they tend to be more of the condensed milk. Yes. And um, sweeter, right? Sweeter and milkier. And milkier. Right. So if I see condensed milk, it has a very special, you know, unique taste to it. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Not a big fan, Not right? Not a big fan. But if they put like coconut milk, mm. I'm okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I should make you a milk tea with coconut milk, Ellen. Right. I'm going to write that down. All right. So milk tea found its way into a ceremony between Thai and Taiwanese officials. Oh, no. You know, actually, a lot of times the uh, Western people, they usually get confused between Thai and Taiwan. I know, right? Right? So this thing, I think it's going to make it more blended together. More confusing. I know. <laughs> it's like taking that Thai milk tea and the Taiwanese milk tea and mixing them together. I know. What would it taste like? I think it'd be it sweet. Take sweet, really sweet and thicker. And thicker. Right. Yes. Because I remember I was doing my travel show and then they used to, you know, always like, you know, talk to me and say, oh, your princess was visiting our country last time. And you're like, we don't have a princess. I'm, said, the, I'm the princess. And I'm like, we don't have a princess. <laughs> you know, we don't have royalty in Taiwan. And they're like, no, huh? but she came. Huh. She came. And I'm like, that's Thailand, okay? Not Taiwan. If I could have a dollar for every time somebody asked me if I spoke Thai or they told me they love Thai food, I'd be like, yeah, we we get some good Thai food in Taiwan, but mostly Taiwanese. I know. So look at this meme at the bottom. Very cute. It's got Mm -hmm. um, three different milk teas Mm -hmm. holding hands. One has boba in it. That must be the Taiwanese one. Oh, this is cute. And then we've got one that's a glass. That must be the Thai one, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Be, the, and then in a little well, teacup. They, they didn't really put, uh, you know, like rounded bubble tea. They do like elongated, you know, shapes because they usually have those kind of like gelatin things in there. I thought it was because it was in a glass. I thought it was a glass. Is that what's in it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also very important. All right. So when we come back in our third course, a second course, we're going to be um, telling you about the anime characters Ooh. that are based on the three different types of milk tea. Cute. Super cute. Mm-hmm. But first, another song called Lu Nights, ha? Huh? All right. Green it's the milk green tea. Green milk tea. Sounds strange. All right. And the artist is Ying Shang Pai Qian Bi, which is the impressionist pencil. Impressionist pencil. Why would the pencil be impressionist? Well, anyway. Don't you usually use oils to I create know. impressionist paintings? Okay. Anyway. It's, it's an alliance. <laughs> it's an alliance, right. people. Okay. That's right. Back in a moment when the feast continues. Sang 
想说的只是相信你不、哦。想起了那个飘着小雨的下午，总会带给我甜甜的讯息，甜甜的茶香。Second course. Okay, second course. We're talking about milk tea anime characters. Okay, I didn't know they're gonna change those little cute little bulbas into animated characters. Well, I think this is a an inspiring, inspired young artist on the internet who、mm. has. There actually is two different people who have created characters、okay. for these、uh, different types of milk tea from Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Thailand. Okay, so actually, I'm looking at the first one. It's a more,、um, well, kind of like more mature version of it. it. Has a Hong Kong girl like you know wearing a cape, a tie, wearing a Thai costume with their hairdo up in a bun. And then a Taiwan is kind of like you know shorts and a tank top. So they're dressed a, like the people in the three countries,、right. yeah. And bamboo and has the cutest thing is the、uh, little circled belt, which is the boba. Oh, actually, it's not bamboo. You know what that is? That's the straw. Oh, the straw, right? She's holding a huge, what looks like a big weapon on、mm-hmm. her back, and it's actually the straw with a pointy end. Nice. Because you and, need a pointy end to、right. stick it in the cup. And the belt is the bubba. Bubba belt. Right. And okay, the one in the bottom, which is a cutie Japanese, you know, version. It's kind of like the Xiao Tian Tian. <laughs> okay, the cartoon that we grew up with. Uh-huh. And the Taiwan style is actually cute, and she has like bubba all around her skirt. And the Taiwan. Well, it has an umbrella, maybe because of postage. That's the Thai one, right?、Did、you say Taiwan? Oh, Thai. The Thai. The, the Taiwan. O N E. And the Hong Kong one, she has a spoon. Not sure what that is. Yeah, I think so. Maybe think it's because you 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 have to stir the tea, right? Okay. It comes in a、uh, like a British teacup kind、mm-hmm. of thing. And kind of wearing like a uniform, like you know the school uniforms、mm-hmm. of the Hong Kong girls.、Mm-hmm. Okay. What's interesting is they have like little things that are connected to the drinks. So, for example,、um, the. <laughs> The Taiwanese one says that the character hates fake franchise stores by the that country because I guess there were fake franchises、uh, in somewhere in the world, and then friendly it, and willing to change your your ice and sweetness settings for、mm. you only because I I think at the 
tea shops you can um, order like order less what sugar, you, want. you know, ice regular or milk, more milk or less milk. You could do it by order, okay? And for the Taiwan, they hate. <laughs> Don't ask me to reduce ice, ka. Ka, like because okay. they say kapkum ka, right? Yes. Don't ask me to reduce ice, ka. Okay, and uh, basically, Ice Cube is her best friend, ultimate power under her sweet face. If you don't ask for help during summer, you will die. Oh, uh, uh, it's too hot there. I so think you need a cold drink. You need the cold drinks. You don't get the hot ones there. How about Hong Kong? Hate someone asking her if she ever wears the stocking for making silk stocking milk tea. I don't understand that. Because in Siwa uh, Nai Cha, Oh, what is that? That is like they use uh, the ladies' stockings uh-huh. and put the, the tea, tea in leaves it? in there. And then they like then steep it in milk? Steep it in milk. Oh. No, they steep it in hot water and then they pour milk. I see. And also impatient, full of secrets, okay, how to mix the tea base. And she have a twin sister who tastes condensed milk. Oh, interesting. Have you have you ever tried the 400 spin coffee yet? No, what does that mean? Now it's like going around like people, you know, staying home, they have they they use like coffee powder. Uh-huh. And this is actually from uh, Hong Kong and Singapore. They make it into like they use the coffee and they do they spin it 400 so, times. For at least 400 times on high speed so it foams up. Yeah. And then uh, they add milk to it. So it has like a two layer and it's supposed to taste like really, really creamy. And what is it called? It's called Si Bai Zhuan Coffee. I'll tell you what, we're going to go into a song. When we come back in our third course, we're going to be sampling some milk drinks and we'll give you the name of this coffee in English. Okay. This song is called Ji Pai Zhen Nai. So fried chicken and pearl milk tea. Mm. This is by Ke Kai Yao. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Feast Meets West. Third course. We are back on Feast Meets West and we have two milky drinks with us in the studio, Ellen Chu. Okay. And your challenge, should you wish to accept it, is to take a sample of the two and see if you can guess what these milky drinks are. 
Let's see. Alrighty.、So、I can see with my eyes already. Okay, guess just by looking at it. Describe it and then tell us what you think it is. Chocolate. Let's see. Chocolate. Chocolate milk. Okay. Chocolate milk with with, what?、Uh, with almond. Okay, good guess.、Mm-hmm. And then what is the other one? The other is, oh God, what's inside? It has like yutol.、Uh, okay, yunai. That's an excellent guess. Do you、right. want to just have a tiny sample of each of those、okay. and see if you're right? So you're trying the、uh, taro one. You think it is? It's very milky. My goodness. Oh my god. Maybe use your spoon and just try the taro part because that's probably the part you're gonna like. The chocolate. I'm okay. Mmm. Yes. It is taro. Taro. You're absolutely right. Oh, they're both very milky. The taro itself. I wouldn't have the milk, but the taro itself tastes very nice. Mmm. Very sweet. Sweet、Super、and taroy. Sweet. Very sweet and taroy. It is taro. It, it has、is. to be taroy. It is the taro of taros. Right. And、so what do you think is on the chocolate milk one? It has peanut, Hwasan chocolate. Mm-mm. It's crunchy. It's not peanut. It's not almonds. It's probably like some familiar taste. It's a brand name. Oh, Jinsha. It is not chocolate. What is it called? Ferrero Rocher. Yeah. No. No. You want to know the answer? She's、uh, chewing it very carefully. She's got her taste tester brain on.、Mm-hmm. She's going to town in there. Now she needs to know the answer. It's、mm. a kind of chocolate bar. Something from your childhood.、Oh. It's not Reese's Pieces. Chichi chocolate. Chichi. Chichi ruja chocolate. No. No. It's actually an American brand. Really? Yep. Begins with a K. Kiss Hershey. Nope, not kisses. Oh, Kit Kat. Yeah, there you go. Really? Yeah, it's a Kit Kat one. I tried to get something I'd never had before. Okay. I've never had a Taiwanese milk drink with Kit Kat crumbled up on top. I know. And, and that's what it is. It's pretty expensive for a Taiwanese drink to put Kit Kat on it. I would think so. Yeah. They could put, you know, more local like. Chocolate on it. Well, they only crumble up a little bit on the top. Okay. And I bet that they're getting some mileage from using the brand name, right? Oh. Yeah.、Okay. Maybe they get a special discount on the、uh, original bars. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, blah 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 blah. So there you go. Two milk drinks from Taiwan. I prefer the、uh, Taro one, but maybe.、Uh, maybe I prefer、neither. none of it. <laughs> We should mention both Alan and I are somewhat lactose intolerant. Yes, so, they're so milky. So we don't go super milky on no, things. You, you know? know, anything that says you know fresh milk. Hmm. Chennai. I just back up. You're like back up five yeah, steps. Yeah. You know, my kid too. Yeah. Like、really? Ryan. Ryan is lactose intolerant, like seriously, because you know the other day his friend's mom, like、mm. you know, treated them to Jinju Night Cha, and then she was like. Super nice and saying that oh, well, Tobie, you know, especially went to the store where they sell fresh ones, fresh milk. They、mm-hmm. don't add, you know, powder milk. And I'm always thinking, please just give me the powder. <laughs> and then Ryan's like, can I not have it? <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> right. So very quickly, what is your、uh, the three of you, you and Ryan and your daughter Rihanna? What are your favorite orders at the milk 
tea shops. Oh, well, they like bubba milk and milk tea with the powder milk, okay? Mm-hmm. And they like the passion fruit, That's what, what does that it's called. Mean? Passion fruit uh, with two... It's like chewy balls. Two chewy balls. Is it like konjac or like... It, it's actually with the tapioca. Oh, tapioca. Yeah. Okay. And mm-hmm. you, what's your favorite? That's my favorite. You too. Me too. Oh, First, I've forbidden them for drinking all these, you know, mm. sweet drinks from these stores. But, you know, one day they begged me. They're like, you know, we finished our exams. You know, mommy, can you please take us there? So I said, okay, half sugar, okay? Uh-huh. So we went there. Yeah. And I got addicted to it. Uh-oh. So now it's kind of like a Friday treat. Oh, no. Yeah. But, you know, once a week maybe is okay. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I always cut down the sugar. Yeah. Less sugar because they're super sweet. Even though it's like passion fruit. It has no tea in it. Hmm. Yeah. No tea. No tea. Yeah. This passion fruit juice. Yeah. Extra, with, it's like usually concentrate. Yeah. Right. Concentrate. Which is very sugary. Mm-hmm. So with sugar, what is your preferred number? So what is full sugar is 10? Full sugar is 10. For me, it's probably just two. Do you like two out right. of 10? Uh-huh. Okay. So that's how you order it. So it's... Uh, wei tang. Wei tang. Yes. So my, uh, minimal. My minimal. Sugar. But with sugar, but mm. minimal. Mm. Right. That's how I order too. Right. If I'm getting a tea at one of the shops, which I very rarely do, I'll get like an iced uh, green tea mm-hmm. with like lemon and okay. aloe. Oh. I like little cubes of aloe. I like that donggua ningmong cha. Donggua is Dong-gua winter melon and plus lemonade. Mm, that's so yummy. That's yummy, huh? You have to be careful with sugar on that one, yeah, too. Yeah, so yeah. I cut that down, too. So that's our Milk Alliance episode, Milk Tea Alliance. Okay. Um, our addresses? Our addresses, P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Email us at androo at rti.org.tw. And next week on the feast, we're going to be sampling a tiny sour fruit that is used in a common Taiwan night market treat. I'm going to be making a Western variation on that traditional treat. Wow. Are you ready for it? Yes. Okay, I'm looking forward to it, but we have one final song. It's by He Nianting. It's called Pao Mo Zhenzhu Cha. So it is the... Bubble Milk Tea. Bubble Milk Tea, the most famous one. All right, for Feasting Sauce, I'm Andrew Ryan. This is Ellen Chu. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.